In this episode, we talk about identity, how we are who we are, but how we can shift and change those things we identify with, and how we can't get so hung up on identity when life is always changing. Welcome to the Discover Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Kampmeyer, and on this show, we're dedicated to helping you discover the real you. If you're ready to find out who you are deep down and live a truly authentic life, keep listening. And don't forget, we're in this together. Hey there, welcome to episode number 17 of the Discover Yourself podcast. Today, I want to talk about identity. I want to talk about this because I have gone through a lot this year, a lot of self-discovery, a lot of challenge, a lot of good, so much good, which feeds into this, but uh, also a lot of bad. And when I think about identity, I think about my favorite word, consistency. (laughs) That didn't sound sarcastic enough, I don't think, but... Um, yeah, I, I think we get caught up in identity. You know, we want to believe we are this person that we've believed ourselves to be. We want to believe that, uh, we are who we've always thought we are, you know, and sometimes we don't act in accordance with that. We aren't those people we thought we were, or we experience things that give us emotions that don't feel congruent with who we thought we were. So I want to talk about that a little bit. I know a couple of weeks ago we talked about how my dog passed, and I'm still using that word, but, but um, yeah, how it brought up all of these weird things when it came to identity for me because I wasn't the person I thought I was because of something that happened. I wasn't necessarily reacting. Uh, how I thought I would, or I wasn't still the person I considered myself to be because I was going through this new thing. So identity. I want you to take a second to think about your own identity. Maybe you can pause this and list out some things that you think you are, and maybe you want to wait. I'm going to tell you some of my past and present identity themes. And then maybe you can make a list of these things for yourself. And as we go through, and then you can think about these a little bit more. Uh, So my identities that I wrote down pretty quickly as I was brainstorming for this episode are, number one, I am the giver. And this is something that we talked about in episode 15. I am the one who supports and cheerleads and and provides for my friends and family. I really love giving gifts and I love uplifting my friends and shining a positive light on their situations, the things that are happening. I just want to help them. You know, I love being able to do that. I just enjoy being able to be a a, a happy part of somebody's life. I also considered myself a voracious reader. That was part of my identity. I love to read. I would read up to 250 books a year at one point. It was like 2011 uh, because I was able to listen to audiobooks at my job. I could just stick my headphones in. I could listen to an entire book in a shift and I would write reviews. I would listen to or I would read um, 
a book on my lunch break. I would have a different paperback book that I would read at home. I would have a different book that I was listening to in the car because I had at least an hour drive to work every day to and from. So I'd have an hour there, an hour back. I had a lot of time to read. Whether it was audiobooks or I was sitting down and actually reading, it was what I did. Like I lived and breathed books. So (laughs) there was that. Uh, I became an editor because of that. I started working with clients, with authors who wanted to publish their books. I My brain just worked that way, and I was given an opportunity to try, and it, lead, it led into a whole business that I built. So I was an editor. That's what I did. I'm also, I like to consider myself not a, I was going to say a doting wife, but like I love being a good partner to my husband. He supports me so much. He's amazing, and I love him so much, and I, I want to make his life easier. It's the same idea as being a giver. I just want to be able to give to him the way he gives to me, or I want to just support him and love on him so that his life is awesome. Like I want to be able to do the things that he doesn't want to do or you know, whatever. I just want to support him because I love him. That's like part of my identity. I'm also, I learned about human design and I'm a projector and it's really explained to me why I micromanage things. I micromanage my life and all of these goals that I make and I I break them down into all of these tasks and I rarely ever do them because that was me uh, not setting the right goals. I've figured out why it makes me realize why I'm so supportive. That's just part of being a projector. I have also figured out why I feel like I can't keep up with the workaholics and why I burn out so easily. Uh, If you don't know anything about human design, I do want to do an episode probably coming up because it's really interesting. Um, I have a friend who's really taking a deep dive into it, so I'd love to have her on the show so we can talk about it. Um, But also another identity of mine is being the positive one, like I talked about with number one. Uh, But I built a whole brand around this. A lot of my nonfiction work is about positivity. And I sort of naturally became the one who reminded everyone to be grateful and happy. Like that just, it, I I don't want to say it fell onto my shoulders. It's, it's who I became. I wanted to live this positive, happy life. So I became the positive one. But, So here, if you want to, if you want to pause and write your list of things that you identify with or the qualities that you have that have become part of just who you think you are at your core, um, do that now. I invite you to make that list so that we can talk about something after we pause here. So I'm going to pause here. We're going to run a little ad and then you make your list and we'll come back. All right. So I hope you have your list. If you don't, if you're in the car, it's totally cool. You can do it later. Um, This kind of spoils it, but that's okay. Uh, I want to talk about how these things that we think we are is not all that there is for us. And we're not always this steady. We're not always this constant or my favorite word, consistent. We won't always be positive, kind, giving, doting, loving in every single moment. We won't always have the same job or the same relationship or the same friends. It can be tough to come up against something that shakes our identity, that makes us feel like we are not the person we thought we were. But that's life, man. You know, that's that's change. That's the only constant. That's the only thing that's steady and consistent is that things are going to change. 
you're going to go through things that shake up who you are. You're going to react in ways that you didn't think that you were going to react in, right? I'm going to tell you a story about that in a second, but I want to go back through my list so we can see how there are moments and times where I haven't been the person I thought I was. So number one, the giver. Um, Like, I don't want to keep harping on it, but my dog died. And when that happened, I suddenly had nothing to give anybody else. I didn't even have sympathy to give to the people who were trying to relate to me and tell me, you know, they know my pain and they know what it's like to lose a dog. I had no sympathy. I had no support to offer. Like, I remember a friend sent me a message and I typed out hugs, friend, and sent it to her. But in my heart, I wasn't feeling it. And I felt terrible about that. Now I I mean it. Like I know I meant it deep down somewhere. It came from me. But I really I wasn't feeling it. I didn't want anybody's support, mostly because I couldn't give it, you know? And if things aren't equal, then I have a real problem with how I'm living. Like I, if if the scales aren't I'm a I'm a Libra. So if the scales aren't balanced, like I don't know how to cope. <laughs> I don't know what to do. So I push away because I don't deserve it because I can't give it. So there is going to be a time where if you're a giver, you're going to have nothing to give. But I want you to know it's okay. You're going to seem lost, but it's okay. So number two, I was the voracious reader. Like I said, I was reading up to 250 books a year. Now I barely break 15. And sometimes in the year that includes the books I edit. Like I just completely, and it's probably because I became number three, the editor, that I don't read as much as I used to. My brain just works differently and reading hasn't been as fun because all I'm doing in my head is going, oh, I would have rewritten the sentence that way. Or if I were editing this, I would give the author this note. Or this plot line seems ridiculous and I'm not feeling it. And I think, you know, naturally some of the stuff, like thinking about plot lines, we do that, right? That's naturally part of the reading process. But because I became the editor, I it's so hard to let those thoughts go. So reading just kind of went out the door. I listen to audiobooks sometimes, but I still hear in my head like, oh, I would have said that differently or man, that grammar is ridiculous. Like that's not the way it's supposed to be or whatever. Like I can't, I just can't shut it off. So the voracious reader in me went away. I also this year decided to shut down my editing business. And that was a big, even though I wasn't doing it all that much, that was still a big change for me. It was still coming from a place of like, this is what I feel like I need to do. But my intuition had been shut down for so long that it was really hard to take that leap and to trust that, you know, by letting that go and making space for hopefully something better. But also, I'm going to tell you that um, I have one client that writes pretty infrequently, and uh, I truly enjoy reading her books. And I genuinely enjoy reading a lot of my clients' books. Um, But for this client, for whatever reason, I was feeling like it was an empowered decision to say, hey, you know what? It's just going to be a couple of times a year, and I really enjoy working on your stuff. So if you still want to work together, we can do that. And I didn't want to say it on this podcast because I don't want any of my other clients to hear this and be like, oh, why didn't you ask me? You know? Um, And I don't have 
a totally good reason that's going to feel good to other people. It just felt like the thing to do. And I'm really trying to follow my intuition and go with that. So asking the one client to stay on felt good. Asking other people, like if I just do it for everybody, then that doesn't feel good. That's not that's not what I want to do with my life. So yeah, I had to make a tough decision. And I'm telling you now so that you know you can make these tough decisions. I don't necessarily want to air it publicly, but if it's going to help you, then it's going to help you. All right, number four, the doting wife. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is a whole separate episode that I'm going to do, but there have been a lot of times, especially recently, where I have not felt like a good wife. Like, I have been not unsupportive, but not totally supportive. And I've said some things that felt like they were born out of love, but came out so hateful. And it sucks to feel that way. Like, I just want to support my husband. He's amazing. And then I do and say these things that kind of suck sometimes. And it comes it comes from a place in me that's hurt and that doesn't want to focus on myself. And like I said, part of the projector part of me is that I micromanage things. So I choose to micromanage my husband instead of micromanaging or managing my own life at all. Like I'll just look at what he's doing and go, oh, well, he could do this better. He could do that better. I need him to do this. And instead of me focusing on those things for myself, which they are definitely things I need to do for myself. So there is that. Um, the projector we can skip over because I'm still learning about it, um, but it definitely explains a lot of me. And there are some things that I that don't quite feel aligned, but I think it's because I don't know enough about it yet. But number six, the positive one, like I said with number one, there have been times where I'm just not positive. And quite frankly, life can't be positive all the time. Uh, I know I talk about Sarah's show all the time, but her uh, Mindful Productivity podcast is amazing. And she talks about this, where we can't just disregard the negative because we're, quote unquote, supposed to be positive. Like, yeah, of course, you want to think positively about some things, but shoving down a whole spectrum of emotions does you absolutely no good. In fact, it harms you way more than it does anything good. So there are times when I'm not feeling positive, where my gratitude is severely lacking, and I'm mad, you know, I'm frustrated, I'm pissed off, I'm angry, and I'm negative. There are times like that, you guys. It's not perfect, and I, you know, you can hear it in my last episode. Clearly, I was having some rough days, like, and I'm not super excited about that. It is what it is. And there are times when we go through these things where we don't feel like we are who we're supposed to be, or we're not who we used to be, or, hey, I was just really positive yesterday. Why am I not today? Well, that's life, right? But there are times where it like really shakes us to our core, where we have to adapt and we have to learn a lot about ourselves in the face of adversity or when we react in ways that we didn't think we would. Like, I'm going to share this story. It's pretty personal, uh, but I think it it really goes to show that we just never know. And it's okay to not know things. It's, it's okay to not know how we might react in situations. It's okay to realize that 
in something you've never experienced before or you haven't experienced in a long time that you're not going to be the person you thought you were. And it's okay. So uh, this is back in 2007. I was married to somebody else at the time. And we were going through a rough patch. And I guess what I mean by that is we had separated, we were living separately, and what we, what I thought we were doing was I thought we were dating each other to try to find happiness with each other again. Because when we were dating, things were great. Like, he was an amazing boyfriend, and it was awesome. But when we were married, things were very different. So I had moved out, and wanted to date so that we could find that happiness again. That was my goal. Uh, When we talked about dating, I guess he thought that meant we could date other people. And I was super hurt by this. And (laughs) he um, eventually got one of the, the girls that he'd been seeing pregnant. And I did not react the way I thought I would. I knew that he had been sleeping with other people, and I still didn't leave. I still wasn't like, no, that means we can't be together. Even though in my heart, I was like, if anybody ever cheats on me, I'm just going to leave. Like, it's just not that easy. It's not that simple. It's not that black and white. Like, I was, what, 21? And if I left him, my entire life would blow up. And I just was not mentally prepared, emotionally prepared. My family had moved 2,000 miles away. I was very alone. He was, like, basically all I had. And if I left that, I was going to be in trouble, right? My whole entire life was just going to be different. So I didn't react the way I thought I would, even after he told me she was pregnant. It took, like, just a crazy moment of clarity to realize... I had to walk away. I couldn't be in that situation. But it, it took a lot. It took a lot of time. It took a lot. Like, like I had a couple weeks where we were in this, like, weird limbo thing. Uh, but the reason why I tell you this is because now it's easier for me to say I don't know how I'm going to react in any situation. I don't know what I'm going to do. I really, truly have to experience something in order to know what I would do in a situation, which for me means that we can't get hung up on identity. We are ever-changing creatures, and things happen to us that we're not expecting, and we can't know how we're going to react. We may not react the way we thought we would, and that's okay. It's, It's okay. And I know I'm telling myself this for retrospect, mostly, because going through the death of my dog made it made me look at my life and realize that there are going to be times when I'm just not the person I've anchored my identity to. I'm not going to be positive all the time. And I knew this. You know, you we know these things in our core. But when we experience it out of nowhere, it shakes us. It really shakes us. So if you haven't made your list of things you identify with, I would love for you to do that. That's your action step. For this week is to make a list of things that you identify with and maybe sit and think about how it might feel to not be those things, whether they're big or little, 
It can be as simple as being a reader or maybe, you know, you practice yoga. Maybe you, I can't think of anything on the fly right now, but you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, tiny or gigantic, you know, for me being positive and happy is like a huge part of my identity. And in this moment of tragedy and complete obliteration to my positivity and happiness, you know, what are we left with? We are left with feeling like a shell of ourselves, and it's really hard to pick yourself up out of that if you haven't done work on realizing that your identity is always going to change. And looking back, look in the past of things that you used to be and that you aren't now, you know, whether it was good or bad. Maybe it was something negative that you, maybe you used to be really negative and now you're very positive. You know, you can see that you've made growth. You can see that you've made change, that your identity has shifted, and it's going to continue to do that. You don't have to look at it as a bad thing. You don't have to look at it as a good thing. It's just going to be. So, yeah, I want you to take a look at some of those things that you identify with. And if there's something that you need to shift in your life, let's work on it. Let's make a plan. Let's make a goal. Let's figure out how you can shift those things. And if there are things that you want to be, you can add to your identity. You can add things to your life that make you feel good, that make you feel better about who you are in the life you're leading. You can do anything. So don't get too hung up on identity because it's always changing. We are always different people and that's life. So if you want to reach out to me and let me know what you're working on, what things you're identifying with that maybe you don't want to, maybe things that you do want to identify with, or things you currently identify with that you want to strengthen, let me know. I would love to hear from you and hear what you're working on. So on the other side of this, you will catch all of my all of the ways to get a hold of me. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, that would be amazing. If you want to leave a review, that would be amazing. And yeah, we will have one more episode. I want to do a yearly like wrap up that I will release on New Year's Eve. And then I will see you guys in 2020. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I really appreciate it. If you want to reach out to me with any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free by emailing me at discoveryourselfpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram or Facebook at discoveryourselfpod. And if you want to leave a review on iTunes, I would be forever grateful. I would also love it if you would send this episode to a friend or someone you know who might need this message in their life too. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon.